Hey there, Whiskey Noobs. Welcome to yet another episode of the Whiskey Noobs Podcast. And as always, if you're new here, I am your host, Chris. Today, if you haven't seen the title already, we're going to be talking about finished bourbons, and we're specifically going to be reviewing Angel's Envy, which was basically one of the original finished bourbons and one of my favorites. Before we get to that, though, I do want to mention that Whiskey Noobs merchandise is now available. So for those of you who are asking about it, wondering where you can get it at, you can now purchase whiskey noobs merchandise if you go to my instagram page at whiskey underscore noobs you can find it in the link tree in my bio or same on tiktok in my bio is that link tree so you can go there as well and you can find the merchandise through that it is sold through etsy and there should be hats and shirts for you to buy probably Glen Cairns as well. And so you are able to get your hands on that right now. So make sure you go check that out if you're interested, if you didn't already see the posts on social media, on Instagram and on TikTok. So that's my quick plug for the Whiskey Noobs merchandise. Go check that out if you haven't already. And without further ado, let's get into finished bourbons. I think this is an important episode because I think finished bourbons are something that not a lot of people really I think understand fully. I think it's kind of the new version of people kind of confusing bourbon and whiskey and saying, oh, that's not a whiskey, it's a bourbon, but bourbon's a subcategory of whiskey. I think this is the new version of that, if I'm being entirely honest. And so I wanted to do an episode covering what a finished bourbon is and why it's important to me, I suppose. And then also review Angel's Envy, which I admittedly love. I'm a little bit biased towards Angel's Envy. I don't know what it is about the flavor of it, but I really enjoy it. So I will be doing a review of that as well. But just know that I'm a little bit biased because it it just has a flavor that I really like. Now, finished bourbons are growing in popularity. They didn't used to be very popular, and I actually read online that Angel's Envy was basically the first, and when I say basically, I mean it's it was the first widely distributed, easy-to-find, popular finished bourbon. So for that reason, because they're getting more popular, I wanted to do an episode explaining them a little bit. So for a little bit of background, those of you who don't know, bourbon needs to be aged in brand new charred white oak barrels. That is the only thing that you can age bourbon in. It is a brand new barrel that has never had anything else in it that is made from white oak and has been charred. If you age bourbon in anything other than that, it is no longer a bourbon. So what has happened is distillers in America who make bourbon, they've started making bourbon, but then finishing it in vessels similar to how Irish whiskey and scotches are often finished. And by that, I mean they transport it into a new barrel, and then they finish it in a barrel that has something else going on. It's not a brand new charred white oak barrel. A lot of times, these will be barrels that previously held a different spirit, uh, like wine, sherry, port wine specifically, which is what Angel's Envy is, uh, brandy, different things like that. And the possibilities are pretty much endless with the different types of finishes that you can have on a bourbon. And I probably in the future, I'm going to do a, a an episode specifically on finishes, not just for finished bourbon, but for any type of whiskey, all the different ways that it can be finished. But this episode specifically, I just want to talk about finished bourbons. If you have any familiarity with scotches or Irish whiskeys, then you're probably pretty familiar with this concept because this is done very often with scotch and with Irish whiskey. So finishing itself is not an entirely new concept, but finishing bourbons is a relatively new concept. It never was really popular. Everybody just made bourbons where they're finished in or they're aged entirely in brand new charred white oak barrels. 
So when you transport it from that brand new charred white oak barrel into a new barrel that had wine, sherry, etc., whatever it was in it, and you finish it in that, you age it in that for a longer period of time or, or age it in it for any significant period of time, any period of time at all, actually, I guess you could put it in it for like a day and this would technically count. The liquid that comes out from that new barrel is no longer bourbon. I shouldn't say new barrel, that second barrel, because they're often not new barrels, so I don't want to confuse anybody. But the liquid that comes out of that next barrel is technically no longer bourbon. And this is kind of a heated debate. I've had a lot of people try to argue me in my comments about this. And I will concede that it is a type of bourbon, kind of, but it's really not. But I'll say you could call it a finished bourbon. And that's what it is. It's a finished bourbon. It's no longer a bourbon at all, technically. It is a bourbon, and as you can see on the Angel's Envy bottle, what it actually says is a bourbon that has been finished in port wine barrels. So it, what they're saying is it was liquid A, and then liquid A was finished in these barrels. And so it's not really anything anymore. It's just a type of whiskey now at this point. And I want to make that distinction because a lot of people get confused there. And... I don't know that it's really important to say, well, it's technically not a bourbon anymore. I think it's just very important to say it is a finished bourbon. I think it's very important to make sure we don't lose the fact that it is finished. So you'll see this a lot on bottles, and I want people to notice it and people to recognize. If a bottle, a lot of times it'll be misleading. It will say bourbon, blah, 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 blah. Or as Angel's Envy is even a little bit more specific, it says a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, which makes you think it's a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, but it's not. It's a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey finished in port wine barrels. So the thing in the bottle is not a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. It is a liquid that used to be a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. The way I like to put this is if bourbon is a caterpillar, Angel's Envy or any finished bourbon is a butterfly. It's no longer technically a bourbon. So I want to make that distinction. I want to make it very clear. And I'm sure there's some people out there right now who are really frustrated by this and think it's very nitpicky. So I want to explain myself. And then we're going to get into the Angel's Envy review. The reason that I want to explain myself is I don't really care that it's not a bourbon in terms of I don't think it makes it any better or any worse than a bourbon. I don't have any problems with it. I just admitted that I love Angel's Envy. But I think it's very important to be specific because a lot of times, especially those of us who review whiskey, people look to us for recommendations. And so you want to make sure people know that you're reviewing a finished bourbon so that they don't try it and say, oh, I like this. I must love bourbon. And then they try a normal bourbon and it tastes different because it is going to taste different. These are two different types of whiskey technically. And so I just, that is why I like to be specific. It's mainly for comparing apples to apples and making sure you're comparing apples to apples. That is my whole spiel in just under 10 minutes about finished bourbons and why it's important to be specific because it, it really the only reason that it's important to be specific is because you're comparing. It's for any type of comparison. Just the same way that if I were comparing two different types of whiskeys, I like to be specific about scotch versus bourbon. I wouldn't tell somebody that they're just two equal whiskeys, very similar whiskeys, when they're not. They're made using different processes. That's why it's important. That's why you'll see some people, such as myself, be a little bit nitpicky about calling things like Angel's Envy just bourbon, just calling it a bourbon. 
it's really important to call it a finished bourbon, in my opinion, especially for those of us who are recommending things to our friends. A lot of times, if you're the whiskey or the bourbon collector of your friend group, your family, whatever, people will look to you for recommendations, things like that. I get it all the time. I have people texting me, what can I get for so-and-so? And it's just important when you're talking about whiskey to make sure you're not misleading people. That's the only reason I care about it because I love finished bourbons and I think it might be one of the better things to happen in the American whiskey industry because it's coming up with all of these new flavor profiles that's pretty fun and pretty interesting. So I don't want to come across as dissing finished bourbons. I love them. I love Angel's Envious especially, So as you're about to see. So without... Any further ado, I suppose, let's get into Angel's Envy because that is the star of the show today. Um, And I just wanted to basically catch everybody up on what a finished bourbon even is because when I got into bourbons, I didn't even know what that meant. I didn't know that it mattered. I thought Angel's Envy was just a bourbon. Um, So I just wanted everybody to be clear on what that is. That's your little bit of education for this episode. But let's get into the review. So as I mentioned, we're reviewing Angel's Envy, which is a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey finished in port wine barrels, and it's aged up to six years, and then they finish it in port wine barrels for three to six months is how long they finish it for. So you can see the finishing is a very small portion of the aging. It's aged a lot longer than it's finished, but it still does, as you will see if you're doing this review along with me or if you get yourself a bottle, you'll see it does change the flavor profile of it pretty significantly in my opinion. Now, Angel's Envy is 43.3% alcohol by volume, so it's down there near the the 40% minimum that you have for bourbon and for most whiskeys, Um, but it still seems to me to bring pretty good flavor, but I'm being a little biased because I haven't even tried it yet, (laughs) but I just wanted to mention that, that it is slightly lower percent alcohol by volume than some of the stuff that you've probably listened to me review. So without further ado, I'm going to get a quick nose of it. The nose of Angels, and I do slightly remember the notes list just because I do like Angels and I have read the notes that they say you should get, but I will go to those later. But first, I'm going to try to just not regurgitate those and give you what I'm getting from it. So the nose that I get is distinctly different than most of the bourbons that we've had on the show. It has the slight bakery sweetness, the carameliness, and maybe a little bit of some kind of a spice, like maybe a cinnamon or something. But it has this distinct fruity nuttiness that I get that almost reminds me of like a trail mix, but not nearly as salty, but just like those base flavors of almost like like raisin and nut or cashew, something along those lines. And I usually get that on the palate as well. I haven't had a glass for a while, so we'll see if I still do. Um, But I usually get that a little bit on the palate as well, which is what I really tend to enjoy about this. Um, I, if I recall correctly, that's a little bit different than the notes that they say you should get. Uh, But that is just that is what it reminds me of, and that's what I really enjoy about it. So I'm gonna take a quick sip and get a, a palate of it, and then we'll go to the notes that they say you should get. Yeah, that that taste is definitely there. It's almost like I haven't had raisins in a while, but that's kind of what it reminds me of. Or a little bit like apricot or or I know we mentioned apricot for the um Akintoshin episode, sorry. The Akintoshin episode, but it's not paired the same way with the surrounding flavors because it's a lot deeper and and definitely less pale, definitely a little bit more 
dark and a little bit more bold um, than the Akintoshin was. It's almost like a raisin with like a cashew to me. And that's what I said is where this is a little bit biased because I've had it so much that I've established kind of what this reminds me of. And it reminds me of almost like a trail mix that has maybe a little bit of dark chocolate in it and a little bit of raisin or something a touch fruitier than raisin. I'm not sure. Maybe like um, if you've ever had craisins, it's like the dried cranberries. Something along those lines. Maybe once I do read their notes, I'll be like, oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking. Um, and that's why I like to read the notes because this portion is a little bit biased. It's what I think about it. So hopefully their notes list will be a little bit less uh, subjective and a little bit more objective for you guys. But that is the flavor that I get from it. And that's what I really enjoy about it. And I think mentioning the dark chocolate really helped just now like in my own head it kind of like clicked i think that is why it reminds me of trail mix a little bit not very granola-y not like the granola flavor that you would get from like uh, that i mentioned i get from irishes a lot things like that not really a granola flavor like that and it's not as light of a flavor as a lot of the other bourbons that we've had like buffalo trace is usually the one that i compare most to and it's not quite as sweet just general sweetness as those it's still sweet but it's more of like a like if you've ever had like a flavored maple syrup like they sit on the counters at like ihop where it's like blueberry syrup stuff like that i don't know which fruit it would be but it's almost like a fruity syrup to me i'm gonna read their notes here next and uh, go through what they say you should get but that's the general flavor that i'm getting one thing i just noticed and i will take another sip here before i lock in my response to the finish one thing i did notice is it seemed like a slightly rougher finish not in general not compared to something high proof but for something this low proof for something that's only 86 proof it seemed like a little bit rough of a finish but i will give it a second chance here maybe my palate wasn't warmed up but i would say that's probably my only complaint so far and i 100 admittedly really enjoy angels envy so this is very biased it just fits my flavor profile i really like it yeah, that finish is definitely just a little bit rough, um, but those notes are definitely there, and I think as the alcohol is evaporating right now, I'm really starting to get more of the nuttiness, which I didn't notice before, but I notice now that the nuttiness seems to come through that, like what I think is cashew, seems to me to come through as the fruit fades away. And it's also less prevalent to me, maybe more prevalent to me on the nose and then less prevalent on the palate. Um, but there's like a little bit of nuttiness on the nose. And then when it first hits your tongue, it's more fruity fruit. And like maybe, like I said, like a dark chocolate or something, but not a lot of dark chocolate, not like fruit dunked in dark chocolate, but just like a touch. And then the nuttiness seems to come out after that. Now I will go through the notes that they say you're supposed to get because once again I have locked in opinions about this whiskey. This is a biased review <laughs> that you've gotten so far. But I will tell you um, what they say you should get from it. So at the nose it says you will detect notes of subtle vanilla, raisins, maple syrup, and toasted nuts. I genuinely did not remember that they said raisins but that's awesome because that is totally one of the most accurate notes. I would say I get it on the palate too, but we'll see if they say that. Um, so that raisins, syrup, and toasted nuts in a nutshell is what I really like. They actually lead with vanilla. And I think sometimes people just throw vanilla in there as like a general sweetness because I, I personally don't get it, but maybe it is in there. One thing I forgot to mention too is I think that in my opinion, 
the the fruity, syrupy, nutty flavor kind of covers up the woodiness because it's not just coming straight from a brand new charred oak barrel. It's going into that wine barrel. And so it doesn't to me get quite as much of the wood as a normal bourbon would. But um, yeah, so far that nose, I would argue is very similar to the palate. I'm sure they're about to change it up a little bit because they always do to try to make it seem a little bit fancier. Um, But that is what I like about it for sure. Now, on the palate, they say vanilla once again, which, once again, I would just attribute to, like, sweetness. I don't think it's really vanilla-y to me. But they say ripe fruit, maple syrup, toast, and bitter chocolate. Absolutely. Wow. Maybe I was maybe I was remembering these notes more than I thought I was, but I genuinely was not trying to remember any of the notes that they say you get. Um, but that is just so accurate to me. The, the bitter chocolate is something I didn't even think about until during the review when I just said, like, the chocolate that's in trail mix. Um, The maple syrup I can somewhat see, but I just don't think the maple-y is really there. I think it's more the ripe fruit with almost like a syrup or a honey. Um, The ripe fruit, 100% accurate. I, I said raisins, I think, almost like a dried fruit, but I can see why they would argue ripe fruit. And like I said, a lot of times I feel like companies will change the notes from the the nose to the palate in order to uh, make it seem like it's more complex than it is but i definitely think there's a fruitiness and a syrupiness and they they ditch the toasted nuts on the palate which i agree and disagree with because as i mentioned on the front end i do get less toasted nuts but i do still get that nuttiness that i think is almost like a cashew i do still get that on the palate it's not just on the finish it's just in the later end of the palette. So I would argue you should keep that there, but that's just me. And then the finish, it says clean and lingering sweetness with a hint of, okay, this is a type of wine that I did Google how to pronounce previously. Um, and I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, it was Madeira. It's a type of wine similar to port wine. It's just another type. Uh, it's another dessert wine, just like port wine and a hint of Madeira that slowly fades. Now, once again, I think nuttiness should be there. And I think nuttiness, if you leave it off the palate, I can understand because to me it's not really on the front end of the palate. But I really think nuttiness should be there on the finish. Also on the palate, I forgot to mention, I don't really say I would get toast from it. Um, I'm assuming, I guess I don't, I shouldn't assume. I don't know if they mean like toasted barrel or like toast that you eat. My guess is toast that you eat. But maybe they're trying to replace the toasted nuts with the toast on the palate. But to me, I get more nuttiness at the late end of the palate and the finish than I do on the nose. So I can see why they left it off. Maybe they're just calling it the finish, but it should be there in the finish notes if you're going to leave nuttiness off of the palate, in my personal opinion. Once again, just in my opinion, that's what I get. I'm going to taste it again with these notes in mind and, and compare and contrast a little bit. So for the nose, now that I've read vanilla, as you almost always can, you can kind of find it in there. But I disagree with it. I Now that I've got a better perspective here, I would combine vanilla and maple syrup to say caramel. Or like maybe butterscotch, hard to say. But something along those lines. Uh, and then I'd say the raisins and the toasted nuts. And I, I might even still throw in a bit of the chocolate, the bitter chocolate. That might be my one gripe with this whiskey, which once again, I, I do really like the palate of it. 
But my one gripe might be that it doesn't seem to change a lot from nose to palate. I mentioned that the palate transitions, so that's nice. Um, but the nose and the palate to me are pretty similar. But I would say instead of vanilla and maple syrup, I might say caramel. I might just kind of combine. I know that's not an exact combination, but I think hopefully you can see the parallel that I'm drawing that to me, it's more just caramel. And then the raisins are strong. The toasted nuts are strong. Maybe still just a hint of that bitter chocolate, but it definitely comes out more on the palate, which I'm about to review right now. Yeah, so I'll stand by that the the ripe fruit they say on the palate. I'll recap the palate real quick. They say vanilla, ripe fruit, maple syrup, toast, and bitter chocolate. I'll stand by that the ripe fruit to me is just kind of more of the dried fruit. It's more maybe like raisins, maybe like craisins, the, the cranberry type raisin things that I mentioned, or apricot. Kind of a, a general mixture of, of those types of dried fruits, but I still don't know that I would say ripe fruit. Now, the vanilla, once again, I, I think they're just calling the sweetness that's in there vanilla. I think vanilla is one of those notes that gets thrown out there a lot. Um, maple syrup, I'm, I'm leaning away from it the more I'm looking for it. I can smell it a lot more on the nose than I taste it on the palate. I can taste it a, a bit. But as I mentioned, it's almost more like if you've ever been to like IHOP or anywhere that has like flavored syrups, it's more like that where it's just like a blueberry syrup, but still the type of syrup that you put on your pancakes. So I'm guessing that might still have some maple in it. I don't really know. Um, But it's almost just like a a mixed fruit syrup to me. Not really super maple-y. The toast and the bitter chocolate, I stand by that the toast to me is still more nuttiness. And the bitter chocolate is absolutely there. A little bit of like a dark chocolate to me. And I do think there's a nice palate transition. I think it kind of goes from ripe fruit in the front, or like I said, dried fruit, um, more to that bitter chocolate and nuttiness. Um, Using their notes, the, the toast and the bitter chocolate, and maybe the maple syrup is kind of the binding factor that brings it all together, or what I consider a mixed fruit syrup. So in their terms, I would say it's kind of like the vanilla and the ripe fruit in the front, the toast and the bitter chocolate in the back, and the maple syrup kind of brings it all together. Whereas in my terms, I would say it's more like dried fruit in the front, cashews and dark chocolate on the back and the the syrup the mixed fruit syrup kind of brings it all together but overall enjoyable i mean if anything i described right there didn't sound enjoyable to you then i don't know what to tell you <laughs> maybe the bitter chocolate but it's not as bitey as if you've had like a 92 percent cacao chocolate or whatever um it's not bitey like that i, I probably just pronounced cacao wrong hopefully i didn't but <laughs> um it's not bitey like that. It just brings a bit of like darkness to it, honestly. A bit of richness that I really consider Angels for me like a dessert wine. I love it for like an after-dinner wine, which makes sense because port wine, I believe, I'm not a super wine person, but I believe it's considered a dessert wine. Um, so I consider, did I call Angels a, a dessert wine? If I did, I meant a dessert whiskey. Um, but I do consider Angels to be like a dessert whiskey, like an after-dinner whiskey. Um, I once again think their finish could be better. I think it would even make it sound better if they added a nuttiness to the finish. I do think there's a nuttiness there. In my head, it's cashew. Maybe it's not, but I do get that nuttiness from it. And I haven't had Madeira wine, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, 
but I can see that I can see the Madeira and I have had port wine and I can see that all the way through it. So I won't really say Madeira because I haven't had it, but I can see the port wine all the way through it. The port wine reminds me of what I'm calling the mixed berry syrup kind of. That's what port wine kind of reminds me of. And I would say that could be on the finish. Um, But I see that kind of all the way throughout. And I think they should add nuttiness to the finish. Now, they say clean and lingering sweetness. Um, They don't really mention mouthfeel or dryness. I think it's got a little bit of the ethanol burn for only being 43.3. So I think my only two grapes that I'd really have about Angels would be it burns a little bit more than it should for the proof, in my opinion. And the nose is pretty similar to the palate, in my opinion. I've had some whiskeys that really blow me away that you smell them and they do not taste like they smell you. They don't taste the way you expect it to taste based on the smell. Angels isn't really one of those. I kind of get the same throughout, but I'm really happy with that because I love the flavor that it does have. So it's, it's hard for me to say, well, that I mark off points for it because I think it, it, tastes really good all the way throughout. I've mentioned Angels a few times to folks, and I don't recommend it super often because of the fact it does burn a little bit, and it doesn't have that transition, and it costs kind of a lot. If I recall, in Ohio, it's either $50 or $60, so it's a little bit pricey, and to me, it's only worth that price if you really like the flavor palette, which I really do, so to me, it's totally worth that price. I would maybe even spend a little bit more on it, personally speaking. Um, But if you can get it cheaper, I know people on TikTok have said they get it cheaper. Uh, You should absolutely give it a try. If these notes sound good to you, if you like like trail mix that has kind of a lot of raisins in it, kind of a lot of dried fruit in it, and then that nice nuttiness, you're probably going to enjoy this, assuming you enjoy whiskey, which if you're listening to my show, I'm assuming you do you're probably going to like this. Um, And I feel pretty comfortable recommending it because of the fact that I was purposefully trying not to read the notes, trying not to remember the notes. And I got most of these notes that they say. Uh, You've heard me mention, and a lot of my guests, especially Zach, mention, sometimes people will put notes on there that definitely aren't real. And I think their notes are one of the closer sets of notes that I've had. I mentioned all the differences that I think I see in the notes, but those are pretty accurate notes, so I can't really complain. One final disclosure, as I've mentioned on multiple occasions throughout this episode, I'm biased towards this. This isn't, I'm not coming into this with like, ooh, let's see what my opinion of Angels is. I already knew that coming into this episode. So maybe I need to do a blind tasting with it, but I would need to get another similar finished bourbon in order to try them side by side. That way I could not notice that it's Angels. Because if you put this up, once again, the importance of labeling as a finished bourbon. If you put Angels up against a normal bourbon, most people are probably going to know that it's not a normal bourbon. They're, or they're going to be able to say, this one's the finished bourbon, this one's the Angels. So maybe I need to get another finished bourbon to try side by side with it. Hopefully that wasn't uh, too much propaganda towards Angel's Envy for you because I, I try to mention I know that I'm biased about it, but I really do think it deserves the hype. I did a video on TikTok a long time ago about this that is it worth the hype, Angel's Envy, because it is pretty hyped up. It can be difficult to find sometimes. Not as difficult as some allocated uh, stuff, but one of those ones that just sells out sometimes. And 
I do think it's worth the hype, in my opinion. I love the palette. I think it's unique. I think it was the first of its kind or one of the first of its kind. A little bit of a trailblazer, and I think that makes it awesome. I've never had their rye, but I've heard their rye is fabulous as well, so I do want to try that too. But just that's my plug is I know I'm biased, but I think it's worth it personally. Um, and I recommend, as I do with pretty much every whiskey on here, if you think you're going to like that palette, I recommend you try it. Most of the whiskeys I've put on here, if I've had them before, it's because I know that I recommend them. If I haven't had them before, it's because I want to try them. But I'm very rarely like, oh, you should, nobody should buy this whiskey. Just as I always say, if this sounds good to you, you should try it. That's my shameless plug for Angels. It's admittedly one of my favorites that I've had um, for the price and just for what it is and for the profile that it has. It's one of my favorites. That's super biased. I don't want you thinking, Chris said it's his favorite, so it's got to be one of the best that I'm ever going to have. It's just a profile that I really enjoy, and I want to make that very clear. But that's all that I've got to say about Angel's Envy. So once again, if you're interested in the Whiskey Noobs merchandise, check it out on my Instagram or on my TikTok. If you look up Whiskey Noobs, I'll probably come up, but you can look at whiskey underscore noobs on Instagram or at Whiskey Noobs Podcast on TikTok. Uh, the name is Chris from Whiskey Noobs, but the at is Whiskey Noobs Podcast on TikTok, I believe. Um, so go check those out. Check out the links in the bios of both of those pages, and you can get your merchandise if you're interested. But that's all that I've got for the episode today. So thank you guys for listening, and hopefully you enjoyed the Angels if you're on the email list and you drank it side by side with me. That's all I've got. So I will leave you with learn to drink, drink to learn. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Whiskey Noobs. If you like the show, please make sure that you tell anyone you know who you think would be interested in the hobby or in the podcast. That way we can help to spread the word and continue to grow. Please also make sure to review the show on Apple Podcasts and share our posts on Instagram at whiskey underscore noobs or on TikTok at whiskey noobs podcast. Uh, it only takes a couple of minutes and it really does a lot to help spread the word and grow the podcast. Also, there is an email list for the show. If you'd like to join, you can just send an email to whiskey noobs podcast at gmail.com and in the subject line put email list i will add you to the list and then you'll be updated every month with the whiskeys that we will be drinking on the show throughout the month that way you can drink right along with us and see if you're getting the same notes once again thank you so much for listening to the show the whiskey noobs podcast does not support underage or otherwise irresponsible consumption of alcohol